Hello. 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 It's been so long since we've recorded. I hope I know what I'm doing. This Why is... am I keep ringing? I don't know. I don't know. Because Skype is being weird on your phone. <laughs> I can't. I can just hear. I hear. I hear. You know. Doo, 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 yeah, I can kind of hear it in the background too. Huh. Okay, it stopped. Oh, good. Huh. So, <sighs> yeah, nothing from William yet. Yeah. Hey, Alric. It's get up. What's he doing? Who? Alric. Why did you tell oh. him to get up? Well, because I'm in. Because um, what happened is I got a new desk um, from my brother. So we put the desk together and tore apart the old desk. Right. And now, like the whole my whole apartment's in shambles because I had to go through everything in my old desk, and now it's just it's just all over the place. And I was trying to get some stuff cleaned up. I had some laundry that was hanging up on the rack, and I was sporting it. And I, there was some of his, and I was, I was handing it to him, and he's just sitting on the couch going, "Eh, I can't reach you." <laughs> oh my! Get up! <laughs> ah, yes, I understand this. Apparently, the other day when I was trying this Skype on my phone to see if it would work, and it refused to load any recent conversations for me, it still made me show up for everybody else because I now have a bunch of conversations with people going, Scott, <laughs> we haven't seen you in ages. What's going on? <laughs> <clears throat> Up, uh, cats in the box. And I also was apparently online at two in the morning this morning, which I don't <laughs> think my phone was even on. <laughs> wow, Scott, your phone so... is talking without you. That should be frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it because Scott, it's Dave. Scott, it's Dave. Run away. So, Mom took Bonnie for a walk yesterday. Okay. While it was winter here. They iced the Oh, road. I found it. Never mind. Yay. Hang on. Alex is trying to let himself in. Can you do it, Bob? It's no. So they, when it was icy here, they graveled the roads. And the street sweeper came and, like, did one sweep. But he didn't get all of the gravel. He, he just kind of moved it around a little bit. He didn't do anything like he was supposed to. So mm-hmm. there's still gravel on the streets. Mm-hmm. And she was walking. And next thing she knew, she was flat on the ground. Oh, no! But on her way down, she put her arm out to stop her fall, and she straight-armed herself. Oh. And sat there for a minute and said, okay, my shoulder's out of whack, but I think I'm okay, and tried to get up. And every time she tried to get up, she started to faint. Oh, my God! She stayed on the ground, and lucky for us, she had her cell phone. Yeah. So she called my brother, and my brother dropped everything and drove up to get her. And I had to lift the dog into the back of the truck, which is 100 pounds of, I don't want to get in the truck, don't make me. And he has a hernia, so then that popped the hernia out of him. So then he had to squish mm. his hernia back in. Oh, yeah. And he brought Mom into the house and set her up in the chair and got her ice. He was so sweet. Set her up in the chair and got her ice and... Went to the snack drawer and brought all the snacks in the drawer to her so she, you know, wouldn't get hungry. Mm-hmm. And gave her two bottles of water and mm-hmm. left her here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came home and, and she said, so how did you know I got hurt? And I said, well, there's an ice pack on the ground and I didn't really know, but you're still, you're sitting in your chair and that's unusual for this time of the day. So she told me what happened and she said, your brother's making dinner because... Last night was supposed to be dessert for my birthday. 
So he ended up making dinner for us and dessert, and we played cards until 11 o'clock last night. So I'm fading fast, even though it's only 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Because, yeah, I was up late. Mm. Yeah. But Sounds like you had a pretty good birthday, though. I had a good birthday. Mom is doing better. She didn't break anything. And she's That's out good. delivering eggs today, so she's she loaded the car and everything without any help, so she must be just fine. Yeah, you could just spend something that's jarred or pretty good, and yeah. that's it. Somewhere off. Ooh. Okay, who's that? I don't know. But that's a, that's a lovely sound. Somebody's trying to... <laughs> hey, here he is. No, that's him. That was the last time. So it's you guys like probably picked up my phone ringing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's a lovely sound. I like it. It's the uh, RBC people who always call me at uh, 1130 and 6-ish and mm -hmm. never actually answer the phone. What 11, almost 12-year-old likes Mel Brooks movies? I'm like, there's something wrong with him. No. And there, here I am. I encourage it. So he's, I mean, he just, I mean, he just sits there. It's like, let's go to meet the king. <laughs> he's like, money is like, count the money. Well, some of the stuff he kind of gets and he kind of doesn't. And he'll start giggling when they talk about boobs. And I'll go, oh, what's, what's so funny? Nothing, mom. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm like, oh, God, he does know about this shit. Yeah, he does. But it, it, it's been funny because I'm like, I, I just see him. He, he just sits there and he's like, and half the other time he's, he's like, he's totally oblivious, but he's watching everybody else. He's watching other things, and he thinks it's funny. Well, I speaking of Harry Potter, I had two Harry Potter encounters in the last couple of days. Um, mm. I got a note from a former student. Oh, I saw that. Asking if I remembered, and he was my Harry Potter guy. He's the little one that he, he took me by the hand, and he led me over to the teacher counter where the kids weren't allowed to touch things. And he mm -hmm. pointed to this. It was like a fairy wand. It was pink, and it had a star on it, and had pink ribbons and everything. And he said, can I play with that? And I said, well, what are you going to do with it? And he said, Wingardium Leviosa. And I was like, here you go. <laughs> you can play. <laughs> and so that was really neat. I'm guessing he's probably 13 years old now. Oh, Between boy. 12 and 14, he's right in that area. Okay, he's around all age then. Yeah. And then um, today I stopped and got a nice coffee. I'm, I've created this new obsession I need to stop. But I was out and about, and I stopped and got a coffee, and it was at Dutch Brothers, and we were, and, you know, they're always happy to see you and everything. And she said, well, how's your day been? And I said, great, I've been at the park for two hours, and I'm going to go back to the park in an hour to play some more. And she's like, wow, that sounds like fun. I said, yeah, then I'm going home. And she said, do you get to relax? And I said, no, I've got a Harry Potter podcast. And she went, oh. I love Harry Potter. And I said, here's my card. <laughs> I gave her a book <laughs> card. So we might get a new member out of the deal. I don't know. Oh, or she might have just been going whatever. But she was like, Potterfic Weekly? This is cool. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, people still don't. Yeah, people still were like, you do what? I'm like, never mind. I tried to explain it to you. It's hard. Mm -hmm. They're like fan fiction. I'm like, never mind. Especially, especially people my age. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
I know. Well, we went to a, a Cinco de Mayo party, only we went to a Trace de Mayo party because it was on Saturday. <laughs> and um, nice. One of the people that was there said, you know, I think about you every night. And I said, oh, really? And she said, I'm reading Harry Potter to my kids. And every time I sit down to read it, I think about you. And I said, well, thank you. And she said, but those dang kids at school keep spoiling them. We're halfway through the last book, and they keep telling them things. I said, tell your kids, don't listen to anybody. He's not used to this. He's like, huh? No. Well, I don't, I'm like, I'm going to talk to Sue. And he's, he's like, you haven't talked to Sue in a long time. <laughs> we haven't. I know. You guys want to say hi to? Who are we saying hi to? Um, His name is Michael. And we met him at LeakyCon. LeakyCon. And he does the audiobook um, fictions for MuggleNet. Oh. I don't know how to add him. If I add him into this, what will happen? It should just call him. All right, he's writing. There should be an add to call button somewhere. <laughs> That's the thing. Oh, add to call. It's right on top. There we go. Can you guys all hear the dogs barking outside my window? No. No dogs. Uh-uh. No. I didn't Hello. think this phone's microphone would be quite that good, so just as well. Hello? Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys? Oh, no. <laughs> Good. Scott and Trisha are both on phones, so we're having a little lag problem here. <laughs> Trisha. Oh, okay. Do I sound do I sound really, really slow? A little, not bad. No. But no, you sound fine. But they okay. Good. Tend to we we've been talking over each other a little bit because Skype's being Skype. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what we do. Yes. Okay. Now that's cool. That happens all the time on Alohomora. So, and then everybody, like, you, everybody starts talking, and then everybody just stops talking, and there's these really long, awkward pauses on the show. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we yeah, totally right. understand. Michael, this is Trisha. She's one of Hello. our hosts. Hi, Trisha. Well, Trisha, Michael. Hello, Michael. Or Lucas. It is she lovely is... to meet you, Trisha. I really like. I like your username. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys. You guys will get along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still a true Snape fan, though. Sorry to say that. Oh, I can't speak to that. I'm one of, I'm, I'm one of those ones. You're one of the always is is. Yeah. Well, he no. Yeah. Well, Snape's still a head, but he. Yeah. <laughs> I God, love I lo- him I, and I hate him all at the same time. I feel the same way. I I love him and hate him as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trisha loves him because of a fan fiction that she read. Yeah, that's pretty much why I love him. Which what what was the fan fiction and what was it about? Well, it was a dirty fan fiction and it was <laughs> <laughs> Of course it was. It was a very dirty fan fiction. It was called Tea with the Black Dragon. Uh oh. My Skype's flashing again, which means we may be going in and out. <laughs> Oh, I got somebody I'm, back. I'm back. Oh, there we go. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to try Only going upstairs. Up. Let's see if that helps. I never left according to the count, but everything went silent. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, for some reason, this time of the evening, the router decides it doesn't want to work all the time or something. So, mm. All I'm, sorts of helpful. I'm glad it wasn't me. I'm always, I always hate it when it's me who's ruining the connection. 
Nah. It's usually me who's not recording when I'm supposed to be recording, so no worries. <laughs> Scott, I like your I like your avatar with the mustachey Skype symbol. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's one of their default ones, but it seemed fun. <laughs> I didn't know that was a default. Oh my gosh. If I had known that was a default one, I would have used that a long time ago. But mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello again. Can you hear we us? We lost you in the middle of your story. <laughs> Everybody's Dalek. Yeah, you're kind of a Dalek, too. I came up and got next oh to my the God. router. Hey, did that help? Or did I lose you all again? I'm here. Uh, I'm still here. Okay. We're plugged into the router. <laughs> Trish is laughing at us because we're Daleks still. <laughs> <laughs> Dalek laughter is very amusing to hear. <laughs> I hope it's actually recording. It sounds like a, a rewind or something. It's getting closer. <laughs> we haven't podcasted, Michael. We haven't podcasted in months because we're so far ahead of recordings. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time we've been together in a really long time. And you can tell because we're all giddy about it. <laughs> I sympathize. We've, we've been on quite a long break on audio fictions, too. I know. I really appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're releasing it for my birthday. I, I know, I know that. Just for me. Of course. It was that was the whole plan. I actually I said to everybody, you know, we've gotta get this episode out for Sue. Uh, I really do appreciate that, yes. You want you are one of our like major faithful listeners, Sue. So hey, I love them, so I'm happy. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Either Trisha just can't stop laughing or it's the stuff from earlier. <laughs> You drop and try to add again, Trisha. See what happens. <laughs> I should tell you, Michael, that we're recording. I don't think we'll end up using it just because it's recording because we were expecting an author. Okay, I'm, I I have no I have no qualms with that. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, it's so much better. <laughs> yes, oh, you sound is. you sound much better too. <laughs> oh shit! It's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Hmm. Our author has arrived. Has he really? So, <laughs> are you guys up to uh, Scott and Trisha? Are you guys up to interviewing and trying to figure this out quick? I know Trisha, you have to go to bed in an hour. Yeah. But you are you up to give it? We could give it a shot. Yeah. All right. Still up to We're still here. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I will bow out and let you guys do your interview. Well, Michael, thanks for dropping in. That was way yes. cool. Oh yeah. Nice oh, yeah. I know. I miss talking to you. I'm so. It was nice to just get to chat quick. Let's let's do this again sometime. I'm that always around. Great. I'll thanks. talk to you guys later. All, all right. right. It was great right. to have you. Bye. Bye. Good to meet you, too, Trisha. Take care, you guys. Bye. 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 And here, without further ado, is our interview with Bill or Valandar, the author of A Better Man. We hope you enjoy. Hello. Whoops, he's not here. It's just calling. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Crazy stuff. I didn't tell him Did I was calling. I just hit call. I'm good at this, you know. Mm-hmm. You've done this before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oop, I hear noise. 
I think. Oh, we, let me put on my headphones real quick. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell you I was doing this. Yeah, she does that to us all the time. I'm bad. Yeah. Let's go. Notice is always helpful. Nah. Why would we do that? Well, I also had to uh, get a feline out of my lap, so. Mm-hmm. I had to do that earlier. <laughs> Mine's avoiding me right now. You don't have a feline, Scott. Yes, but my landlady does, and he likes to come visit. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, wait a minute. Something's new here. <laughs> yes, I let him in the back door today, so he came down and uh, hung around and uh, walked on my table, which I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to do. And uh, uh, yeah, Eventually, he went back upstairs, and I closed the door. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, after seeing the everything is Hufflepuff little thingy you have, Sue, mm-hmm. I should note that on a, of all things, a Buffy fanfic site, I saw a Harry Potter fanfic, a series of travels, where before Albus headed off to Hogwarts, Harry said, let's see if someone can do it right this time, and handed him a copy of the Evil Overlord list. <laughs> <laughs> he, prom- he promptly gets sorted into Hufflepuff. Yay! Mm-hmm. Along with... Along with Vinny Crab the Third, who becomes his muscle, and uh, and another OC who becomes his uh, lieutenant. <laughs> so Albus Potter, evil overlord. More like Albus Potter, not quite dim gray overlord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the the last spellcast that actually never got released, we did Voldemort in Hufflepuff. That was actually a pretty good stick, but. It never got released, so that was that. I did everybody hug them? I should put it on season seven. Mm. Right, so, now I'm going, yeah. right now I'm going through my, all the notes that I've taken over the various episodes. Oh, I'm <laughs> trying to see how I can squeeze it in. It's mostly responses to you guys. Yeah, well, mm. we figured we'd, we'd give you that chance to yeah. uh, go ahead and say. So what we should do is, um, do you want to be called William or Valendar? Well, I usually go by Bill. Bill. Okay. So yeah. Bill and, and we've gone from Robert to Bob on the other podcast, so yeah. I will try to call you Bill and not Bob because yeah. that's going to be confusing to me. Um, well, so I'm, I'm, I'm we have Trisha. I was considering. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're considering. No, I was considering reading every single one, but I'm averaging 14 to 15 statements per episode, and I don't think we're – no, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, Trisha will be oh. in bed by then. <laughs> <laughs> However, I will say that number one on every episode is I am a guy. Yes. We, we did, yes. We did. I tried to creatively edit. Whenever we sh- said she, I could make it into he, but when we said her, him was not going to happen. So I had to cut hers out a lot and, and just kind of try to get around. I'm back. Yeah. I, so I'm sorry. We did acknowledge it at one point once mm-hmm. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, also note that this this big, I didn't write the way I should have. I was writing it. As I was writing it, so I didn't have an overall goal in mind until towards the end. Oh, okay. And well, one thing I wanted hold to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta introduce ourselves. Let's introduce, okay. and then okay. we'll let you go. Um, before we do that, I'm gonna say that we have Trisha and Scott also on the line. You probably have their names on the Skype thing, but that's it's always nice to at least acknowledge and, and let you guys know each other's names. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you Trisha should... is Ms. Lupin on the forums, and I am still Scott because I never change it. <laughs> That's true. Um, usually I introduce, and then Scott goes, then Trisha goes, because we kind of do alphabetical order. 
And the guest always goes last. Because you're so important. Because, yeah. So I will start us off, and then we can do it. And it's been a really long time since I've done this, so let me see if I can remember it. on Pottervick Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, we'd like to start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Pottervick Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Pottervick, whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? Am I like surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. (laughs) I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. trousers. Otterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Otterpick Weekly. Where the story never ends. Uh, and! <laughs> no, no, I'm not allowed to do and. Welcome no, to Potterfic Weekly, one of a family of podcasts. I am Sue. I'm, I'm Trisha. Scott. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> right. I said in alphabetical order, and I went with Trisha, not Ms. Lupin, Ms. Lupin. So that messes us up. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm Valandar or Bill. Okay. And we'll... So now we know the proper way to pronounce it. Yay! Yay! That was my first question. That was actually a name of an old character I played uh, back in D and D, and I decided to use it when I first started going online, and I use it everywhere, including my work. That's great. Um, so, notes. I'm going to try and just go with the most important ones. Um, in, episode, in the first episode, when Harry duplicated the baby bottle, mm-hmm. A, Deathly Hallows had not come out yet, and B, I always saw accidental magic as able to do things regular magic necessarily may not be able to, you know, achievements and ignorance and that sort of thing. You referenced a very Potter senior year. Why did you speak of Luna and Ivana Lynch as if they're different people? I don't know. <laughs> That's no, They're the same entity. And there's a little bit of Pinkie Pie in there as well. Yes. Um, let's see. When y'all squeed, we get to meet the Weasleys. I think my eardrums burst. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do tend to get a little loud. And, Sorry. Okay. Uh, later on, I based the relationship between Harry and Dudley off of me and my older brother. He's 15 months older and also twice my size. Thus, the reaction when Dudley found out about Ron, the jealousy wasn't there because of you know, that. And Dudley may have a best friend at Smeltings. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. The visions of mainstream Harry that Ginny had were originally part of a subplot that got abandoned. Oh. Um, and so I tried to close it off at one point, and that's why they seemed to come out of nowhere. Well, that's um, cool to know. What was going to happen with that? 
Um, originally, it was going to. My original idea was that the two timelines were going to fuse. Okay. But I thought that was getting too bizarre, so I just dropped them. Mm-hmm. And or the other chapters are mostly summary because I was kind of trying, feeling my way of where to go, mm-hmm. and really didn't get there until around the middle of Chamber of Secrets. So, and that's where I started getting a, a direction. Um, I was utterly shocked that y'all had never heard of Go. <laughs> it's incredibly simple in its rules, incredibly complex in its application. Yes. And I kept pronouncing A-U-R-O-R as Aurora. So, Aurora. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's about see. how I would say it, too. You know, uh, repeated, repeated references to me being a guy. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, it's much easier to tell when we're talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. Oh, it's Golem, not Gollum, for the entity made out of inanimate material. When I was going back over the origin of the uh, house elves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that discussion because we were kind of going back and forth, and Scott had multiple spellings because Trisha was confused. And yeah. When am I not confused? Um, what else is there? Yeah, that's 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 my baby girl. Oh, what's her name? Her name is Shinju. It's Japanese for pearl. She's a white cat with blue eyes. She's Aww. very pretty. I've seen pictures. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I've had buffalo milk mozzarella. It's amazing. And I have had the sandwiches referenced in that episode where Dobby had too much money to spend. Yeah, that's mm. in my notes, too, because I wondered where that came from, because that sounds absolutely amazing. I wonder. Oh, yeah, was... I was so freaking hungry after that. A friend of mine, her father was a was a lawyer who was a classically trained chef and taught her how to cook, and that was what she considered throwing something together. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, wow. I think peanut see. butter and jelly is throwing something together. So there's something, at some point, somebody referenced black currants. I want black currants. I spent nine months in Scotland in the military, and oh my God, you can't get them here. At least not for. Oh yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me because when I got black currant, and yeah, when I was over in England, it was oh. Oh yeah. My black currant bushes are absolutely full right now. Yeah. They're they're not ripe yet, but yeah, come visit. There's a comment here. There's a comment here that I can't. I I don't know where it came from, but it says Fifty Shades of Obliviate. (laughs) <laughs> That's because Trisha was talking about talking of Fifty Shades of Grey with her mother-in-law. Um, oh, no, she's not my mother-in-law, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's true. And I have another yeah. one here that's a quote from Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Right. What's a cubit? <laughs> yeah, that would be um, Noah. Yeah, let's see what else. We, we do uh, Edsel like Castle. add sound effects throughout the, the podcast here and there where they seem to fit in. And we do tend to go off topic, so. Yeah. No, not us. No, not at all. Edsel Castle, in reality, is about half a mile from Edsel, Scotland, and is used as a local tourist spot. Mm-hmm. It's a ruined 15th century redstone castle. And if it was bought and no tourists allowed, it would be very suspicious. There was probably some comment made in that episode. I don't remember exactly what it was. That was Kelly coming in, and she's like, well, why do they need to buy it and put muggle repelling charms on it if the uh, magical, if the wizards are going to actually buy it? And so we thought maybe they were just going to buy it long enough to put the charms back on it and then sell it back to... That's that's pretty much the idea. Yeah, that's kind of what we came up with, too. Also, I think at one point we y'all started talking about... uh, 
the royal family because of the, the, the meeting with the queen. Mm -hmm. And I said Prince mm -hmm. Harry's Patronus would be a trickster animal of some kind. He's apparently an inveterate prankster. Oh. Interesting. That... Now, you also apparently had problems pronouncing familiarity. We have troubles um, pronouncing a lot of words. Let's see. Especially um, when we've had our mics. Yeah. <laughs> that would be you, so. Yes, uh, I know. Let's see. <clears throat> um, Not me at all. Mm -mm. I pictured Flitwick taking out those Death Eaters like Yoda in episode two. <laughs> mm -hmm. That would be fun. Um, and, oh, back up here. I don't know about you, but I can picture Emma Watson sashaying. Wow. Um, <laughs> where is it? Serious. Oh, yeah. Snape fans didn't seem to get as angry about his death as the serious fans got angry later on. Even though he, you know, he comes right back, they were, I got death threats. Wow. Because I because wow. I killed Sirius. <laughs> because but, you held off on it and then did it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it is possible to own a shotgun in Scotland. That would be for hunting. questions. Yeah. Uh, if it is for hunting, and usually there's just, uh, there's a long application process, etc. But I was thinking, he's going into a place that has no magic. Uh, it has lots of magic. He has none. Mm -hmm. He either has mm -hmm. to rely on his fellow teachers or have some means of self-defense just in case. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's a great idea, but we just mm -hmm. weren't curious about the law because yeah. it was one of those things it's, that... It's one of the things that I, I I knew about it from having been there for nine months, but it, I, it didn't click that much. Maybe not everyone knew. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I seem to not have notes on the last... Hmm. Well, yeah, like I said, this was mostly written, well, entirely written before Book 7 came out. Mm-hmm. Yes. The scene with uh, Ron and the tiger and the tiger cub yes. was actually originally intended to be a lot earlier. Oh, I was going to okay. have more of more scenes of the, the tiger slowly growing, etc. And also, th this was brought up by one of the people who commented on the fic. If they had used the killing curse, it would have killed that tiger, despite the protections from the collar. It was just protecting it from the, those that can that can be blocked. It was mm -hmm. blocking. But and they wouldn't have used the killing curse. Exactly, because it was, a, it was an animal. You know, it's, it's not some. It's you know. But my idea was originally everyone. You hear all of this about Harry being the heir of, of Gryffindor and a lot of fix. And I was like, well, Ron's the one with the red hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, we really and the weeks have always been in Gryffindor and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and really also like gave that. him also from a character point of view, it gave him something to feel special about, mm -hmm. which has always been a problem with me. In you know, his yeah. primary thing is is and always has been chess, but she didn't take advantage of that in the strategy side of things. Right, Rogan. I mean, mm -hmm. um, oh, also the comparison of chess to politics. Po chess was originally created not to represent warfare, but to create po represent politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we liked that, too, because we liked the way that you had Ron be able to observe the Slytherins and go, oh, I know what they're doing if I put it to chess. Yeah. See, the first time he sees it, he's not sure what's going on, but then somebody had made a comment to him probably behind scenes, mm -hmm. and that's when he goes, okay, he's done this, he's doing that. Wow. Yeah. And um, I seem to remember that we really appreciated um, when – you had Sirius pick them up after they couldn't get through the barrier. And instead of taking the flying car, they ended up taking the flying motorcycle. And Sirius yeah. giving Ron the compliment, wow, you were able to take out a troll with a wand that didn't actually choose you. 
and just how great it was for him to have that acknowledgement and kudos because he doesn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like, all right, do y'all ever go to TV tropes? On occasion. Yes, occasionally. There's two tropes that are horribly rampant, especially in Harry Potter fan fiction, which is why they're named what they are. And that's Ron the Death Eater and Draco in leather pants. <laughs> well, you know our friend Jen. <laughs> it's the idea that one of the a heroic character is secretly evil, despite everything we see in the primary source material, and that a villain is secretly good, or at least not truly evil, despite what we see in the source material. In the source material, Draco is a snotty, cowardly bully, right. and that's all he ever will be. He's not evil, because he can't bring himself to kill in cold blood, but he's still a snotty, cowardly bully. In how many fanfics have you seen where he's this great evil mastermind or the secret hero behind everything? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ron. And everyone swoons over him and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And there's, there's so many fics where actually more so than, more so Ginny than Ron is secretly evil and in, in Ginny's case has been feeding Harry love potions since second year. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. no. And one last thing is, it's I have a significant irritation with people who put Harry and Hermione together. Yay! <laughs> part of part of book four was showing how that would not work. Right. You know, when it's just the two of them together, they irritate the bejesus out of each other. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're siblings. That's what they are. Yeah. They're siblings. Some, somebody in an, in an article about that right before book five came out pointed out that. Both Harry and Hermione need Ginny and Ron to show them how to have fun. It's true. Because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. don't know. And both Ginny and well, Ron need their respective others to help ground them. Ginny well, would, be, would be a bit more chaotic. Yeah, well, if you, if you look at it, Harry is pretty much an only child. Hermione's an only child. They've been treated like adults pretty much their whole lives. They don't know how to have fun. Yeah. Right? And, and as for Rowling's comment... As for Rowling's comment about it, there's a mistake to put Ron and Hermione together. Uh, that's actually kind of I'm, I'm I'm actually kind of doubting that it was a mistake. From a literary point of view, it may have been, but from personality-wise, I know a couple who's just like them who have been together for almost 30 years, from the time that they were in junior high until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. we we actually had a discussion of that with, on the other podcast before we um, got to see the actual article. And one of the things I said is, wow, I think they've really blown this completely out of proportion. And I don't think she actually said what they're saying she said. And it kind of turned out that way, if I remember correctly, that she just was Basically, what she said was that um, they would probably need some sort of um, marital counseling at some point, Mm -hmm. which they might. They do argue a lot, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't stay together. (laughs) Especially with kids. Yeah, they're arguing is their foreplay. That's what it is. I have a fan fiction which is built around that. It's called it, it, it's called Arguments. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little one chapter one shot little one joke thing. And yeah, it's, it's like Better Man. I didn't have an editor. I just posted it as is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really should have gotten a poster up uh, an editor for Better Man, and I may someday in the future rewrite it. I just don't have time right now. That's understandable. Oh, another note from the uh, sixth episode about the thick fish tacos, 2013's most successful double entendre food. <laughs> I had fish tacos. Yeah, they yeah. were awesome. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I'd never heard of them until I moved here, but they're all over the place now, and yeah. not just here. Mm-hmm. 
I ha- in Pittsburgh, we have a taco truck, and it's the best damn thing in the world. We have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I actually, I'm actually interested. Do you have any questions for me, having read the whole thing? Yes, you've answered quite a few of them. First okay. of all, mm-hmm. um, we have, and I don't think I've asked you this. If I have, just bear with me. We have had several um, listeners and people, uh, our host Kelly, who comes and goes occasionally, has put your story in an ebook format. Is it okay, okay for us to post that on the forum so people can access it? Yes. Okay. That was one of the things we always like to ask before we do it. Mm-hmm. I fully appreciate that. Well, I like to, I, I'm going to go a little bit away from the, the story itself. I always like to know how an author writes. So do you, like, need it absolutely quiet? Do you write on sticky notes first so that you have different ideas? Do you have music playing in the background? Do you sit and write it longhand? Do you type? How, what's well, your process? Well, I work on, I work from home and I work online doing doing 3D graphics for a company. And what I do is a lot of times I will be sitting there waiting on the computer to render ambient occlusion or waiting for filter fours to run through a uh, filter. And I'll just get ideas and ponder them. And sometimes I'll start with like in this case, what if Vernon Dursley was a good man? And one of the things was he may not have been in love with uh, Petunia at the start, mm-hmm. but with less, well, crappiness, uh, they grew to love each other, is how, is how I pictured it. So by the time that, you know, that infamous Halloween came about, they were, you know, they, they loved each other. Mm-hmm. It may not have been the instant romance that you, that people think about, but it was just how a lot of the arranged marriages in the Middle Ages, eventually they grew to love each other to the point where they were, you know, where the wife you know, threw herself onto her husband's uh, casket, that kind of thing. It doesn't always happen, but it could. Mm-hmm. And then how would, I, I was like, how would that change? And one of the ones, I, one of the things I tried to start was that it would take time for the ripples of that change to really affect things. The first and most important ripple was serious. Right. Mm-hmm. My two sisters and my brother and I do not keep secrets like that from each other. And I could not picture a reunited Lily and Petunia if Lily is everything we've read about, keeping that secret from her. Because she's a muggle, Voldemort would not even consider asking her. Right. It would it wouldn't it wouldn't occur to him. So he, she would deem her sister safe to help you know, to know in case something went wrong. And of course mm-hmm. it did. Kaboom. Uh, and then once he gets to Hogwarts is when he starts in he has changed slightly and he starts causing other changes. Right. Like an earlier spine for Neville. I mean, even back before book six, I knew he was going to be, you know, he, he was going to be a big crux in the future. And yeah. I don't mean poor crux. Right. Um, the books are almost as much Neville's story as they are Harry's. Yeah. In some ways. With Harry, his is more blatant with, with, with Neville. It's he, in some ways he's, if you go to the hero's journey, in some ways he starts in the underworld, comes out, then goes back into a different, darker one during senior year, and comes out to be the hero that slays Nagini, etc. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, and then like I said, around, around the time of the middle of Chamber of Secrets is when it started to diverge significantly, and it really didn't get really going until, uh, the middle of Goblet of Fire is when it really started going off the rails, so to speak. Right. 
Another thing is sometimes got their own. Yeah, exactly. Also, another thing is sometimes when I'm writing, especially when I'm writing uh, dialogue, the characters will run away from me. <laughs> We've had that happen. We understand. I will also read dialogue aloud to see if it sounds right, and that's something I recommend to any writer. Yeah, I've, that always I've seen I've seen a lot of fix that were great in the descriptive aspects of the environment, the action and all that, but the dialogue was stilted and it didn't sound like the character's voice. Right. You know, like some characters don't use contractions. Case in point, early data. Some <laughs> characters yeah, some characters have such an extreme accent you almost have to write it in their voice and you won't get it right unless you do. Hagrid. Right. Hagrid. Who do you mm-hmm. who did you find the hardest one to write? At least dialogue or or to get into their head. Um, hold on just one second. Um, hmm. Give me a second. I'll be right back. No problem. <laughs> I think I think your cat's at his house, Trisha. I think so. It's Puffway. Sorry about that. Fuzzball issues. It's okay. Um, We're totally used to it. <laughs> yeah. Mine's usually the one that's doing the fuzzball. <laughs> The hardest to write, um, actually Ron, because I tended to make him, I tended to make him far more intelligent than he was in canon. Mm -hmm. Simply because I have a hard time dealing with people who are, who present themselves as being below average. Ron wasn't below average in canon. He was average, maybe a little bit, a little bit bright, but not nowhere near as brilliant as his brothers. Um, Or his companion. Yeah, or his companions. And Harry was well above average intelligence, even if, again, he didn't apply himself. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It's, it's harder to get into that voice for me. With significantly below average, like I hate to put it this way, but Hagrid, it's actually easier. Yeah, I find because, it, it's, easy, it's easy with, like, Dobby and the house elves. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and well, the house Dobby elves. Well, Dobby and the house elves, they're not below no, I don't think different. they're intelligence. They just have a more of a naiveness to them. Mm-hmm. They have a naiveness. That's how I, I picture the reason why they call them like uh, the Weasleys and the, they mispronounce the names is they may have an actual speech impediment. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, like a lot of five or six year old kids can't say um, like um, Hermione. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the letter R and things like yeah. that. Yeah, like my name. My name. I, I always got Tessa. Yeah. That's what I would get. I mean, little kid can't say Trisha because it's a tur. Yeah. So I got Tissa. Tissa. So that would so, be your house elf name. Yeah. Also, the <laughs> house, my house elf name would be Tissa. Yeah. My idea mm-hmm. behind the origin of the house elves, by the way, yes. is it was taken actually from a role playing game, and I cannot remember what game it was. And it was it wasn't house elves. It was that was how their world's elves in general came about. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I um, liked that quite a bit. There were, there were homunculi. That became sapient. Yeah. Um, let's see what else is there. Um, as for actual writing, you know, like I said, I work from home, so pretty much any time I'm at the computer I, is is a time I could be working. So I have to I have to fight myself for time off. Mm-hmm. And when I was writing this, my time off was writing this. And so I'd, I'd write a, I'd write a few, and I was writing pretty const a pretty constant rate from the time I started it till the time I ended it. Wow, that's um, great. If you, if you look at the time from the initial publication to the last publication date, kind of divide that by the number of chapters, and that's about how often they would they were coming out. 
I also have several notes in here on how much y'all love chatting before the actual getting into the actual story. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> something there's something here about how the milkman story creeped me out. <laughs> you only heard a smidgen of it. <laughs> there was a whole lot more. Let me let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was nine or ten, I was already starting to find myself attracted to girls. So that's why some of that was going on. This is also the late 70s, early 80s, so I'm 44 years old. I was born in 1969. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Slughorn was not a plot hole, but it was one sentence that a lot of people missed as they were reading about how he had he was scared away from uh, Yeah, I think we Hogwarts. figured that out. Yeah. Uh, I should have made that a little bit more blatant. Yeah, it just, it wasn't, um, because of where the chapter breaks fell, we yeah. weren't quite sure if that was planned or if you'd sent them to go get him and then we're like, oh, right, he was already there, so yeah. retcon, he was away for a bit, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, um, I expected people, when when Vernie goes, I can't take it anymore, you know, mm -hmm. I expected people to go for the Vernon is, Vernon is turning evil again thing. Yes, Trisha. But I, but I actually got more people who said they thought he was going to reveal he was gay. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> I never thought yeah, of that. Yeah, I was really, the whole entire time, I was just waiting for, like, Vernon's going to turn. I know that shit is going to drop. This is not real. And then for some reason, I don't know why this is in here. Comment 17 on the third episode was Wan Wan Wontons. Lav Lav Lavase Shirid. Hermie, Hermie, Hammy Bits, and Ginny, Gin, Gin, and Tonic. I don't know why that's in there. I, you stumped me on that one. I've been re-listening to podcasts, and that does not ring a bell. Yeah, I think we talked about the how you'd have avoided the whole Wan Wan and Lav Lav thing. Yeah. And, and I think we all Somebody like mentioned something about that always makes them think about wontons. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe oh, that was mm -hmm. the episode Kelly was on because she was eating sushi and stuff at that point. So there was a reference to dork not being British slang. Mm -hmm. Well, thing is, we occasionally use British slang to make fun of someone like wanker, that's and true. they use some of ours. I've, I've seen it, I've heard it. So that's why I'm not gonna. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's that... not British slang, but I'm leaving it in. Oh, that works. All right. I I call things naughty bits now too. So. <laughs> I, I said it to some. I said it to. I said it to a, girl, a bunch of my girlfriends, and they looked at me and go, "Naughty bits." I go, "I'm, I'm reading some English stuff, so get, I'm going to get that slang in there." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the moving office. Mm. That was fun. Well, I did that because you know, in the in the in the actual books, it's on different floors in different books. Mm-hmm. I've never noticed. Bridging the plot hole. It actually is, and so I decided that. He decides which door it opens up to, but if someone is, because of the moving staircases and things like the uh, room of requirement, mm -hmm. if someone is wanting to go to Dumbledore's office, the stairways and the halls will guide him right. or her to the office. I should have made that a little bit more obvious. Yeah, and that makes mm -hmm. total sense to me. We Part of our discussion with that is that we have been doing this for so many years or not necessarily us, but the people that started the podcast before us, 
that one of the things is, you know, oh, Minerva shows up and she's got to tell Hermione that her parents are dead, but she can't tell her in the Great Hall. She's got to take her up to Dumbledore's office and she's got to climb, you know, seven flights of stairs to get there. And the whole way she's like, what's going on? I know something's wrong. And Minerva's like, I'm not telling you until we get to the office and it takes yeah. forever to get there. So part of that was just old stuff that we have talked about before and part of it was us going this is a really great idea we love it because that we don't have to deal with that part part anymore where it's you know yeah. takes mm-hmm. forever oh also when i wrote the scene about madame hooch wanting Ms. mcgonagall uh, professor mcgonagall and professor dumbledore together when i wrote it nobody knew dumbledore was gay i was going out of right. the idea that they had more of a mentor mentee relationship anyway like mm-hmm. the way i made a reference to hagrid calling calling her anti minerva Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, are you familiar with Melinda Leo, the author uh, of Melinda actually, Leo and the Seventh Ward Crutch? I am not, actually. Okay. Because that was one of the, the things. You said two things that reminded me of her. One was, um, oh, now I've lost it. Uh, reading the dialogue out loud, that was one of her things that she said. But at the mm-hmm. end of one of her fix, she actually has Minerva talk about how she and, and Dumbledore were lovers, and it just like stopped everybody cold because we were like, "What?" So, we... yeah, I've seen a lot of fix where they're where they're hooked up, and mm-hmm. oh, first of all, he's twice her age, right? Mm-hmm. And second of all, it's that whole like I said, the whole he's her teacher. Right. He taught her. Yeah. And he was the Transfiguration he's... Professor before her, mm-hmm. and despite his earlier mistakes with Grindelwald and all that, he has gained integrity. Right. And I, he would not do that. I don't believe he would do that. It's like it's also why I hate, with a passion, malevolent Dumbledore fix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ones where he's scheming and planning and doesn't care who gets hurt and all that. Because that's not what we see, especially at the end. Right. You know, he didn't want Harry to have to die. He probably suspected that he would survive with the you know the Horcrux dying and him surviving. But I, I think was, that was his dearest hope, at the very least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's you know, also... most of his guesses are right anyhow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, whole subgenre of fic came from people being just disappointed that their rose-colored glasses had come off. And yeah. How dare Dumbledore make mistakes? Oh, he must... He's plotted all of this stuff. He must be evil. It's and, like all uh, these people who want... It's all backlash. these people who want to play villains in superhero games. Like um, mm-hmm. Champion, uh, Cre- uh, City of Heroes. They created City of Villains just because there were so many people who wanted to play the bad guy. Right. Oh, that's my son. My son wants to play the bad guy all the time. Now, as an actor, playing the bad guy is fun. But mm-hmm. doing it in a game, I don't I don't like that. It just mm-hmm. it irritates me. It also irritates me when these people they don't want to be Slytherins because of, you know, cunning and ambition. They want to be Slytherins because they're the evil ones. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. irritates the bejesus. Well, to be fair, the Slytherins in the books, very few of them seem very cunning or ambitious. But Yeah, yeah. It's, they were all pure blood, and that's about the only thing they had. Mm-hmm. The only really cunning ones were the ones that didn't, inter- didn't intervene. The ones who right. stayed mm-hmm. there. The ones we don't see much. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because they're staying in the background. <laughs> and I know that one of our people is very adamant about that she gets very upset with the the Hufflepuff aspect of that, where the Hufflepuffs are portrayed as, you know, the tree huggers and the hard workers. Oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. Like I'm lactose intolerant, and I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah, <laughs> that one sets her off. And since uh, the three of us are all Hufflepuffs, 
know, we're on the Hufflepuff side here. <laughs> well, I'm of a mindset. Hufflepuff is loyalty and hard work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why the Hogwarts champion was a Hufflepuff. Right. Yeah. You know, that's. that's I'm also I also have the belief that you know there's there's a thick out there that did this. Um, I don't remember what it was named, but every person who goes under the hat could have gone one way or the other into another house, mm -hmm. and it was their choices that put them in the house they're in. Right. Harry was the only one we got to see inside his head. Mm -hmm. Ron could have been a Hufflepuff. Right. So could so could and, uh, Hermione would have been a Ravenclaw. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or could have been a Ravenclaw. Neville could have been a Hufflepuff. Oh yes. The only one I doubt could have been anything but would be Draco, because mm -hmm. I don't. He doesn't have the. No way does he have the hard work. No way does he have the courage. And while he may be moderately intelligent, he's not dedicated to learning the way a Ravenclaw would be. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you kind of see that even in the canon because the hat barely touches his head before he yells Hufflepuff. Yeah, that's it. Before yeah. he yells Slytherin. <laughs> yes, Draco yeah. at least does have some ambition. He's not. We don't see him being very cunning until much later. He's too um, brash about it. And too. most of his cunning comes about with trying to get a darn uh, closet fixed. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, I have another note here. It was apparently about in reference to Draco's claim about what Hermione would be best used for. I'm willing to bet that at least a third of the fan art out there about Hermione has her in Dom gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That does uh, Yeah. You know, the whole, you know, Rule 34, yeah. Yep. Well, um, since we were off on houses a minute ago, which house would you be in? Gryffindor. Okay. With a secondary towards Hufflepuff. I was, I was a U.S. Marine, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for uh, your service. Thank you. I actually met, I signed up during the first Gulf War, and by the time they found a slot for my school and got me into boot camp, it was over. <laughs> and then yep. in the modern military, when you sign up, you sign up for eight years, of which, say, four to five is your active duty, and the rest is inactive. Once a year, you call up the local station and say, yeah, I'm still at the same phone number and address in case something happens. Mm -hmm. My inactive ended in July of 2000, so I missed both Gulf Wars. Wow. Mm. So, yeah. But yes, Just I did. That's how these things work out. Yeah. Also, the, the, uh, the reference to the SCA. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more people in the SCA in the thick than there are in Scotland in reality. <laughs> Mm. There was only about five or six in reality. I just took some people I knew from local SCA group and brought them in. Oh, okay. That's fun, though. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I like that. I was just listening to that scene the other day where Sirius was drinking fire whiskey straight from the bottle, and they were like, hey, this guy's pretty cool. And Harry's like, yeah. uh, how am I going to get him home again? <laughs> so... I would read a one-shot with Hestia and the SCA. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And most of my one-shots tend to be just ideas, and a lot of them peter out. Like one of them, what if Billy Batson got a Hogwarts letter <laughs> after meeting the other old wizard? Oh, okay. I started one that I had this great idea, and then I lost it after posting the first chapter or two where Ginny and Harry accidentally create a homunculus that is self-aware. Wow. Okay. That is that basically is, is is completely a blank slate, and considers them his parents, while they're still in school. Is is wow. part of the one of the the, the the series of conceits about him from uh, after book seven was uh, book six was written before book seven about him coming back to to do his seventh year after the war was over. Oh yeah. Doing seventh year with Jenny, 
Let's see. Yes, I am a guy. <laughs> we're really, we really that sorry part. about that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, okay. it's hard because a lot of times, I mean, a lot of fan fiction you can't tell writers by pen names. are women. Yeah. And well, I used to have a profile on fanfiction.net, but during one of the either server migrations or crashes, it went bye-bye. Yeah, because we did look. Yeah. And we um, didn't read author's notes, apparently, which you did point out that you were a guy, but... Um, we did. I did look in the in the profile to see. We did the same thing with Antasha. We thought Antasha was a woman for quite some time until we talked to him, and he said the same thing. Um, I'm a guy. <laughs> so. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, another note that I think you might get a kick out of. Someone, one of you was talking about an incident where this guy pretended to masturbate in front of you. Oh, that would be true. Oh, that was me. And you laughed. <laughs> And I said laughing is probably the best course of action there. It's an even better course of action if he really is naked. Yeah. Because it'll make him embarrassed, shrink, and run away. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that was, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we, oh, so speaking of that, because I, because it, that was a running story. I have a new running story for you. I forgot to tell you. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> do, um, do we want to hear I, it? <laughs> It's quite funny. Um, I I have trained for a couple marathons. I, I've done three. I've did Marine Corps twice, and I just did Pittsburgh this weekend. And while doing while training, so we run around Pittsburgh all the time, and we go to the south. Uh, we go over to a place called Station Square, and we do it like Sunday morning. This is when we do our running in Station Square. That's where a lot of the nightclubs is and stuff like that. Well, we're running pie by this one by this one little bench, and we look over. We're like, "Holy shit! What is that?" There is a blow-up doll inflated <laughs> on the bench. Nice. Oh yeah. Close. No, completely fuck naked. The thing has been used and abused and put away wet. Yes, thank you. I couldn't think of the saying. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, and it's probably no. a cheap blow up doll too. A little, oh, plastic, yeah. little, little horrible plastic horrifying mask for a face. Yeah, but it had it had a, it had more than just one orifice too. Yeah. I don't want to know this. As long as it didn't have more than one orifice and something that should not be there. Well, we did get that close to it because we weren't going to touch it. <laughs> but we just take pictures. <laughs> Just took pictures. Oh, that's, better, that's better than what I found in the park two weeks ago. <laughs> oh. We found a park. We found a bag full of ten, full of twelve gauge shotgun shells. Oh, in a city park. Yeah, that's oh. scary. Yeah. yeah, and in Memphis, I live in Memphis, Tennessee. In Memphis, firearms of any sort and firearms equipment are not allowed in public parks. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's how it is here in Oregon. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if you have a a license to conceal carry. Then probably, but even with a license concealed carry, it's not allowed on 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 city property, which includes the parks. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. I mean, there's too many. I spent all day today at a park, and yeah, that's just too many little kids running around. That's just yeah. scary to me. Well, yeah. all I know is that the past ten years, Memphis's crime rate has been dropping in ev- in every form of violent crime. Uh, oh, nice. So it's it's. A lot of the things that they're doing is uh, is working because they're not banning things outright, whatever it may be. They're mm-hmm. simply setting up guidelines. Like, um, I vape. I don't smoke anymore. I vape. And it's not allowed in city buildings. And 
individual businesses are allowed to decide whether they want it, want people to be able to vape inside their businesses. So if I go to Flying Saucer for trivia night, I can vape. If I go to a Charlie's for a, for a steak, I can't. Right. That's fine. It's not the government saying vaping is it. It can't be done because people think it's smoking. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But let's see. Any other questions? Um, hang on. I'm going to go back to my window. <laughs> well, we were talking about um, getting your <laughs> ideas and things. Yes. You said this particular one just came out from the general question, what if Vernon was a nicer guy? Um, yeah. What made you decide to expand this as far as it goes, or did it just sort of happen? Well, I had several scenes from the story in my head from the beginning. And it just it's like it had chain here, skip ahead a few years to that, skip ahead a few years to that. And one of the scenes was Harry and Dudley sneaking down to try and look at their presence. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. <laughs> the next scene was actually Ron using chess as a metaphor for the, for the Slytherin house. Then came Ron wrestling the tiger and being horribly hurt because, you know, even if he's on its back and it, that's a six, seven hundred pound animal rolling on top of him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. cracked and shattered ribs up galore. And then the last scene in my head was actually earlier than that. And that was Harry, Ginny, Ron, Hermione, the other uh, champions from the uh, Triwizard Tournament mm-hmm. sitting around. And Harry with Gabrielle in his lap. And just that image in my head. Although originally that image was them all as adults. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. And then as I was writing, all these others were, oh yeah, the idea of uh, Pettigrew being the prisoner of Azkaban and being completely bug nuts insane also was in that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he would be that way too. Yeah. And where did you come up with the uh, whole um, Spectre Revenant ghost thing? Was that another um, role-playing thing that you found, or did you just... Not really. I use the terms from role-playing games, but it's there's so many reasons in real-world myth why someone would be a, a, a spirit that stayed behind, whereas in Harry Potter, there's only unfinished business. So I decided, well... We've seen people who had unfinished business based out of fear, such as, uh, you know, nearly had the snick. Mm-hmm. What if their unfinished business had some other component to it, like hate? Even the bloody Baron had given up most of his hate before he became a ghost. Right. He, was, he still had it there, but he had given up most of it. So I came up with the idea of, you know, the dark side of the Force, you know, your hate gives you power. Mm-hmm. And then I came up with the Spectre and said, okay, what's going to be able to face him? And the idea of, actually, I got this idea from the crow, but I decided to make it, make it, you know, a spirit instead of corporeal. And I also had the reason why Sirius was able to stick around when the real one didn't, because the instant you become, you die is when you, you have no time to think, no time to, it's instinct. Do you become a ghost? Whereas having that time as a revenant, he was able to say, yeah, um, my unfinished business is this, yeah. And of course, since this unfinished business had a clear line of demarcation at which point it would be over no matter what, hey, there he goes. Then he could move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alongside his best friend and his and his uh, godson. Mm-hmm. That's right. another thing. It, it doesn't irritate me so much as it's, it's kind of out of character. People who romantically pair Sirius and Remus. 
if they were gay in canon, I'd have no problem with it. But they're changing the characters to do that. And then when they claim they really were in canon, no. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're changing the characters, it's not canon anymore. Right. Mine's obviously it's... not canon. But I don't even try to say it's canon. It's an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I wonder if in your version of things then, if Moaning Myrtle would have been a sort of mini specter for a little bit. Oh, because her, hers her, is hate. She her original that. motivation is to go I'm thinking that she could not have been a specter. I'm thinking she could not have been a specter because she was not filled with the sheer levels of hate and madness that mm-hmm. Pettigrew had. She had a little schoolgirl's hate, which is a minor tiff compared to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just so much. In, he was driven insane by the by the Dementors, and all he had to focus on was his hate. So yeah, it's it's just, it's a it's orders of magnitude greater than what a, a, a girl who was mocked by Olivia. What's her name? Yeah, Olive. Yeah, Olive. That was it. <laughs> I mean, back when I was in high school, I thought I hated this one guy who it was my nemesis throughout high school because I was a bit of a geek and he was a bit of a dork and. We we never got bullied for some bizarre reason, so we focused on each other as our as our nemeses. <laughs> but now it's like, oh hey, what's going on? Because yeah. that hate was nothing more than irritation. What we thought was hate was just irritation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's a matter of growing up and realizing, you know, some things are stronger than you really think they are. Yeah, it's that's true. really the tragedy of Myrtle in some ways is that she doesn't get a chance to really grow past anything. She's sort of frozen at that moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh I, I, I'd also like to say, one of the things I tried to, I was hoping that people would take away from it and I would see in more fix that I unfortunately never saw, despite having well over a million hits, was the idea that uh, my my version of the soul bond, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not some great mystical, oh, we have a mystical connection. No, it's you love that person, and you know how they'll react. Right. Mm-hmm. And the idea of Fix that have this magical, they touch and it's an explosion of power. Uh, oh, they can powers activate. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. It insults all the myriad other cus- uh, uh, couples, like the Weasleys, by saying they're not really in love mm-hmm. because it's not a soul bond. Mm-hmm. Right, and, you know, molly wobbles. You know it's yeah. there. Molly wobbles. Yeah. Well, we really like that. And it, it would be nice to see in more fix. It's, I can kind of see why it's not picked up on often, because um, well, fix any, anybody like who's it. going to use the terminology soul bond is probably going for the dramatic kind. Yeah, but, also... Um, yeah. It's also written yeah. mostly by teenagers who are still having, most, most of it's written by teenagers or people who have a lot of, you know, a lot of ideas, but not a lot and of directions. No experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, things like that don't occur to them. Mm-hmm. And of course, this also, on the extreme, leads to Mary Sue's. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> not I've that actually kind read, of Mary. I've actually read the original fic that gave the name Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. This, the Star Trek fic. It, yeah. it seems like I should know that. But. I don't remember the name of it. It's basically, it was a parody of all of these fan fictions that were being written in little fanzines that were passed mm-hmm. around the cons in the 80s and the 70s. And it was, it was around Lieutenant Mary Sue, right. who was a redshirt who 
saves the day, has all of the crew in love with her, and et cetera, et cetera. It's the cliche Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. And that was her name. That's where it comes from. That's where the name came from. Yeah. And it's possible for it to exist in in quote-unquote legitimate fiction. I don't consider this particular example legitimate fiction. (laughs) 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 But, you know, it's out there. But, Mm -hmm. um, Wesley Crusher. (laughs) Wesley Crusher was a Mary Sue during the first couple of seasons. He was. And look where mm-hmm. he is now. Well, yep. because uh, they managed to pull him back mm-hmm. when I hate to say, I hate to put it this way when Roddenberry died. Yeah. Mm. Roddenberry had originally had it where there was no war between the member states of the Federation. In Next Generation, he said no interpersonal problems. Yeah. So you wouldn't have had McCoy saying, "Damn your green blood, Spock," mm-hmm. in Next Generation. So it's it, it was too happy friendly squeaky, polished, because he he knew he was dying, and he wanted something, you know, he wanted to believe that's what the future was, was this perfect utopia. But, well, there's there's merit to that, too. Sometimes you want to have those kinds of stories, and that's why they exist, but you do need the other kind as well. Yeah, I mean... But he gave my friend a job, so I'm all for that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I I will give Roddenberry credit. He had a vision that inspired, I'd say, at least half to two thirds of most engineers, computer tech, computer uh, mm-hmm. technicians, and uh, NASA crew, you know, for the past forty years. Oh yeah. And look at it now. We have things that are, in some cases, more powerful than Star Trek. Well, and you know, I, I'm a big fan. Sorry, Trisha. I know it's getting past your bedtime here. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he mm-hmm. said that you know the one thing that he said would never happen out of the Star Trek universe would be doors that opened automatically. And that was the very first thing that came to be. Yeah, and now you go to a grocery store and yeah, right there. they open for you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have... Remember when they used to be a step pad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh, sorry. Now it's an mm-hmm. At one point, I, I used to be a lot skinnier than I am, and at one point, some of those earlier infrared sensors wouldn't pick me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So if there wasn't yeah. a step pad, it wouldn't pick me up. Um, as for the uh, the warp drive, look up the Alcubi air drive. Okay. It's a theoretical, and most of the problems that have come up with, you know, what, how, why would it not work, have been solved. Mm-hmm. It's basically creating a strong gravity well in front of you and a weak one behind you and making it a spherical shell. So your ship is actually at a standstill. Space around you is traveling at translite speeds. Wow. Interesting. It has one problem that they have yet to really solve. As you're doing this, that massive gravity well you create in front of you is collecting all of the space dust you're passing through. When you come to a stop at the next solar system that you stop at, all of that suddenly catapults out at light speed and you have a particle beam that can wipe out a planet. Oh, yeah, that would be a problem. (laughs) Just a little problem, but a problem. Yep. (laughs) However, it's it, it's a it's a Niven's law. Any propulsion strong enough to propel a ship at light speed is strong enough to be an unstoppable weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I know that Trisha needs to go to bed, and my computer is slowly dying. I had to come upstairs and plug into my uh, uh, router because my computer decided it didn't want to hold Skype. So I'm kind of uh, okay. And I have chickens and alpacas to feed. But that brings me to my last question for you. 
Okay. How did you come up with, and this is because I'm a chicken farmer, the chicken trails that the Weasley Twins used to turn all the Death Eaters into chickens. Where did that come from? I, I, the the uh, little grenade things that they mm-hmm. did? Yeah, that they left during it's, the fight. I mean, why chickens? I would think if they ever had a chance to watch, say, um, a John Wayne World War II movie, you know, see all these grenades flying around and killing people. Mm-hmm. The Weasley Twins are among the last people I could picture killing someone else. So they had the canary creams, so just modify that. And I'd say chickens just because they think chickens are funny. Because having to watch their sisters and brother, their sister and brothers go get eggs. Oh, so, you gotta think rubber chickens. Well, yeah. Yeah, and if you have chickens, I mean, I know I swear at my chickens a lot, and everybody who listens to the podcast knows that, you know, my mantra is I hate chickens. <laughs> okay, you're back. I thought we lost you for a minute. I thought, I thought you were frozen. Um, they really do have these wonderful personalities, and they are fun to watch. So I can totally see that. They, and they were also the—they're also actually scary enough. They're the easiest for me to write, okay. barring the, mm-hmm. barring barring twin speak. Mm-hmm. They were the easiest for me to write simply because what would I do if I had magic? Right. <laughs> and yes, I was in the Marine Corps, but I don't like the idea of killing someone. Mm-hmm. So I'd come up some way to incapacitate them, like say turn them into an ottoman, or mm-hmm. have their clothes suddenly turn into Christmas wrapping made of Kevlar, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, and plus, this way you get to use the phrase "nobody here but us chickens." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good. That yeah. Was good. But yeah, it's just the chicken toenails that you know the chicken farmer in me was just like I've been out, <coughs> excuse me, in the chicken coop enough to know how disgusting. They must have had a lot of work gathering all those. <laughs> uh, I, no, I will say this. They could magic them in. Yeah. <laughs> I will say one last comment about my fic. The single most annoying plot hole I have in my fic got almost no references in the comments in, in the uh in, in that and the uh and that on fanfiction.net, and that's the timeline of uh Lupin being given blood by Harry mm-hmm. and Fudge getting bitten by Greyback. At the same time. I had to, yeah, I had to come up with a fake, with some way of solving that, and I came up with the idea of this room that can temporarily block the rave. And that is such a deus ex machina that it irritates the bejesus out of me having written it. Mm. I should have had them, I should have had the instance be on different nights and, and actually in separate sections of the story. But I was saying, okay, what can I do to make this seem more good? Fudge got bitten! And, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, because otherwise there would have been the blood replenishing potion to use if there hadn't been the big fight at the ministry. And yeah. then it wouldn't have had to do that. We, I, I remember we had a lot to say about Harry and getting a little caught up and getting a little too lightheaded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but that was fun. And, um... I have a, a fascination with the medical, so that I'm always I'm always up for stuff like that. So yeah, um, I have absolutely no experience with medical to the point where I haven't even had a checkup since '97. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, once you get to a certain age, Scott, checkups don't become, aren't very much fun anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> as you hear the rubber, friends. as you hear the rubber glove go snap, and you hear him say, "Bend over." <laughs> <laughs> a couple of our friends just turned 30 and both of them had 
really bad medical problems as soon as they turned 30 and went in for a checkup. So we recommend that you don't go for checkups anymore. <laughs> well, considering that I haven't been sick since I was eight, you know. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I was actually recovering from pneumonia when we were recording quite a few of these podcasts. Ow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Happens when you work with preschoolers. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. I work with a keyboard mm-hmm. and, and three balls. You don't have to worry about head lice or pneumonia. Yeah. Or no, I, I just have to worry about when, when one of them wants to play with with one of the others and they the other doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Three little fur balls. Oh, oh yeah. Kitties, kitties on the keyboard is never a good idea. Yeah. Well, most I'm of them such a great keyboard, place. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Sue, um, I see you, you had a question here, Sue, about the gray lady. What was that about? Oh, I just, because the gray, your gray lady, um, came from the Tower of London. Yes. And I just was curious about that. And I'm sure that part of that was because we didn't it was know anything before. about her. Right. Yeah. And because Anne Boleyn was called the gray lady on more than one occasion. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned gray. that in the, in the podcast at the yeah. time. Yeah. Or the lady in gray, one of the, mm-hmm. whichever way it was phrased. So that's why I decided to go for that. Also, yes. Land, Anne Boleyn had been accused of being a witch. Ergo, in Harry Potter land, he, she may have been. She may have been. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you read fanfic as well as write it? Or is there someone do, that you really I, enjoy I, that you want to plug? I've been actually tending to... I actually haven't been reading very much Harry Potter fanfiction lately, okay. though. I've been reading mostly uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm-hmm. on a site called uh, the Crossing the Hellmouth. It's... Dedicated to the crossovers. Yes. Yeah. It's got a lot of Harry Potter crossovers. And that's where I've been reading the one about the Albus Potter, uh, Dark Lord uh, mm. thing. And it's, it's, it's just utterly ridiculous. And it's intended to be, it's intended to be ridiculous. But it's first year Albus Potter saying, okay, here's the evil overlord list. Um, number, okay, that got that checked off. Got that checked off. Okay, I need to find an arch nemesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 just it's just, it's ridiculous and it's funny, mm-hmm. especially the chapters where Harry is receiving letters home, as mm-hmm. apparently apparently he's kept his parcel mouth tongue in this, although he doesn't use it to speak. Ginny hmm. enjoys okay. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and apparently, Ginny has 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 a whip and 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 uh, tight leather. So and it's not Draco in leather pants. Nope, not <laughs> no. We've got we've got Ginny in leather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We prefer and Weasleys in towels. So. Towels are fine. Yeah, Weasleys in towels much better. <laughs> I, I'm see. My problem is I'm so much older than the act, various actresses who played the female characters. Mm-hmm. That except for actresses like Helena Bonham Carter, yeah, all I see is kids and children, mm-hmm. yeah. or either kids and children, or they're too old. You know, mm-hmm. we do. Although, well, the thing is, well, usually the Weasleys in the tower is usually Bill and and Charlie and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah because the Ron and yeah, you know, I can't see Ron as a sex symbol. No. He's a kid, no. especially Harry's not a kid. Especially since most of us have in our heads mental images of the actors who portrayed them. Yeah. And I got to say, Ivana Lynch is amazing. I love her. Yes. She's, she's awesome. And I love her story. I love her story of how she got the role. Yes. 
the story how she got the role is amazing, and we covered that actually on. Uh, that was a while, yeah. One of the movie review podcasts that we did. Did so. you hear her story of how she credits J.K. Rowling for saving her from anorexia? Yes, yes. that's. Yeah. I have the book. Oh and, no, I don't think I'd heard that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Basically, she had she was an- she she was tending towards anorexia when she started and she was starting to read the books and what was it about the books that that caused her to realize well she she had started reading the books and she liked them well enough but it wasn't until luna showed up yeah she completely related to luna the minute luna showed up Mm -hmm. and the she was hospitalized with anorexia the doctors nurses were trying to get her to eat she wanted nothing to do with it and the only thing the doctor could promise her was that she could leave the hospital long enough to pick up the newest book if she'd eat something. And so she did it in order to, to you know, get the new book. Yeah. And that's when she met Luna. I think that's how it went. And she just connected with Luna immediately. And Luna gave her, because she had always been the outsider. She thought, yeah. okay, I'm going to do this. And people didn't like her. And she said, okay, I'll do this. And people didn't like her. So she said, well, I'm just going to make myself disappear. I'm not going to eat. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. something that she had control over. No one could force her to eat. No one, I mean, they could do various things, but she still had the control over her body. And it wasn't until she met Luna in the books that she was like, this is it. And hey, it's okay to be weird. It's okay yeah. to be the odd one. And she credits Joe for saving her life. Yeah. And she mentioned with something like... I don't know, it was thousands of people, including the two boys, saw her. including yeah. two boys that were in the audition line, yeah. and the yeah. minute they saw her, they said, because she was Luna at that point, she related so wholeheartedly to Luna. Didn't Joe, act, didn't Joe actually turn to the casting director and say, if you don't cast her, there will never be another Harry Potter movie? I don't know about that. I can't remember that from the story. That, that, that's the version that I heard. My, it, my book's been returned to me, me, so I could go look it up, but that's it is in the, another house. That, that is the only the only casting more spot on was McGonagall. Mm-hmm. No. And the first Dumbledore. Yes. Mm. Hagrid was Hold pretty on. good, too. Why? Yeah. What um, is she doing up? Go back, go back to bed, Art. All right. I identify with, with Luna in some ways as well, although I personally think that she was just messing with Hermione's head about the Snorkax. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get her to say, you know, you believe you didn't used to believe in magic. You believe in magic now. Why can't you extend that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Believe the impossible. Um, I also identify with Fiction. Sander and Buffy and you know, all of the, the everyman and the slightly weirdos. Mm-hmm. Are, are the ones I tend to tend to prefer. Yeah. Scott, who did we meet from Buffy? Um, and Mom, Drew. 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 Andrew. Yeah. You broke up there for a minute. Okay. I haven't watched. That's oh, on my list of things to to do is to watch Buffy. So I, I'm not up on the Buffy scene. And Firefly. You got to watch Firefly. I did that one. I was good. Wash. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wash is what is what uh, Xander would have been in the 26th century. Okay. I could see that. Yep. They married to a strong woman. Married to a strong woman who could beat him up. <laughs> Hawaiian shirts. Mm-hmm. The the joking heart of the group. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually one of the things I was reading today is a Buffy Harry Potter crossover. Um, I haven't gotten far enough into it to figure out everything that's going on, but uh, Buffy ends up 
in the, I believe it's between the second and third season when she runs away, um, mm-hmm. she runs to London and ends up at Hogwarts through various different things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but they were, oh, I remember what was going to, I was going to bring it up earlier because we were talking about the sorting hat and people having more than one possible house to go into and the way that they go through it in this fig that someone has sort of come up with this idea is that the sorting hat generally sends you where you're going to develop the best where you will um the house that will be bad for you rather than necessarily the one where you would fit right away which fits neville like, neville and, and hermione right mm-hmm. hermione going to gryffindor rather than Ravenclaw, allowed her to loosen up, even though she's acknowledged as the smartest witch in the year. Of her age, let alone year. Mm-hmm. Are they referring to chronological age or age as in period of time? I imagine period of time. I, that's how I always read it. Yeah. I had one where, I, I, I read one where the, 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 the Scoobies went to Hogwarts instead of, you know, they all got invited invited during the, the, uh, the first season. And okay. the the way I see Xander, the second the the sorting hat hit his head, it could not decide between Slytherin, true Slytherin, and Gryffindor. Because mm-hmm. yeah. on the one hand, the man stares down a legendary master vampire at age 16 and gets mm-hmm. him to back off. He stands between his best friend and a statue in the path of energy that could destroy the world and just without, without hesitation. But at the same time, you kind of get the feeling he's the one that would be willing to go around, you know, go behind their backs and shoot between the eyes any humans that were causing issues. Yeah. So, I could see I him in Hufflepuff, Slytherin. too, though. Uh, he doesn't he have the work ethic, loyalty. but the loyalty, yes. Oh, he developed from, from four seasons on, he's got the work ethic. He's a carpenter, remember? That's true, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have the work ethic in school. Exactly. So, we, we don't meet any of them as an old. So that's another thing, just because who knows where they would have been then. But <laughs> exactly, um, Buffy. Buffy's almost certainly Gryffindor, though, because mm-hmm. she's not really cunning enough to be Slytherin. She's not bookish enough to be Ravenclaw. She's and while she's loyal, she's not a, again. She's also not as hardworking mm-hmm. as, except as relates to slaying. And even then, she's willing to give it up if she could early in the earlier seasons. Yeah, uh, Willow. Although- Definitely. Willow is a, is is is, stand, is is a is a Hermione. She's straddling the line between Ravenclaw and uh, Gryffindor, and she's almost she a combination has... of Hermione and Neville. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't have the confidence in herself, especially in the early seasons. Yeah, but... and it's more, more and it's more obvious in the uh, the uh, the first episode that never aired, where they had the other actors playing her. Mm-hmm. The uh, shorter, dark-haired actors. Yeah. <laughs> You're really cutting out, Scott. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, sorry I about that. I'm going to get done. Yeah. Get done. We should say goodnight so Trisha can go to bed. And my poor alpacas are two hours late and having their dinner. <laughs> as for yeah. as for Harry Potter oh, picks that I would recommend, Make a Wish. Okay. It's just yeah. straight up hilarious where he's playing where he is Mr. Black. That's a fun one. Yes. And it's actually, there's, there's, there's fics that have nothing to do with Harry Potter that will reference Mr. Black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'd like to uh, I'm gonna thank, write you that for, uh, thank you for having me on. 
Well, yeah. we enjoyed it. I'm glad that you made it and uh, that you put up we with our shenanigans. We got over all the for... points that we yeah. wanted to clear up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry I took so long. I was actually at game night, oh. and I was planning on being home by about 7, 7.30. Got home about 8.30. Uh-huh. Well, I was a little worried that maybe we'd got the times mixed up because of um, where you live and where I live. So we were just kind no, of... Oh, it's uh, central time. Yeah. So. And, okay. and well, like I said, we hadn't gotten together and talked in a really long time, so we were having a really good time just chatting, so it worked out. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again, and we appreciate this. I will get it edited and um, to you as soon as I can, and we'll get it out hopefully in the next week or so, and then we'll move on to our Star Trek crossover that we're working on. Excellent. So. Beam me up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining good night. us. Yep. Good night, Trisha. Go to bed. Night, night. Night. Bye. Good night. <laughs> and I'm going to say good night to you guys, too, so I can go feed my animals. And mm-hmm. we'll talk to you, I'm sure, soon, Scott. And thank you, Bill. Um, All right. Once again. So. Hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.